Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, guys, we're in our second week of our series called The Butterfly Effect. Someone said to me the other day, what does the butterfly effect mean? Now, I think Pastor Dan's purpose of that name is to talk, is to imply the transformation from a caterpillar to a butterfly and that God is into transformation. He wants to bring transformation into our lives. He wants us to be growing in our faith. And, uh, you know, this series is all about formation, our spiritual formation, that, that, there, that, that we are formed properly in God, that there are things in our life that maybe aren't quite aligned to where God wants us to be and He wants us to you know, to start to work on those things. But today what I wanted to talk about is weakness. I want to talk about weakness because, because often we look at weakness and we see it as a very negative thing in our life. Um, you know, it's like the guys that go to the gym, but they don't go on leg days. Can you throw that picture up? <laughs> right? When you skip leg day. Every single one of us has something in our life that's weak, right? We've skipped leg day somewhere. And, uh, and, and to say that there's not stuff there is to put your head in the sand and, and, and kind of pretend that it's gonna just kind of work out or, or, or if I ignore it long enough, it, it will go away. But can I tell you that nothing ever just disappears in life? If there's, if there's problems or there's something going on in your life now, just putting your head in the sand isn't going to make it go away. Actually, all it's, all it's really going to do is just make it get bigger and bigger and bigger. Everybody else will be seeing it, but we'll have our head in the sand and we will just think, oh, it's going to go away if I just ignore it. But no, that's not how it works. We don't get muscly legs by skipping leg day at the gym. Every, every you know, when you talk to people that go to the gym... They, um, they has like certain things they do on certain days. So one day might be leg day, the next day might be torso, and another day might be some other area. I'm not a gym goer, so I don't know all the different terminology, <laughs> if you can't already tell that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but they, they work on different areas of the body at different times. Why? Because they, they don't just want to get strong in one area. They want to be strong in all areas of their, their physique, of their body, and, and, and build muscle in proportion across, because the guys that don't look funny like that. And uh, I don't know, you've ever, have you actually ever seen a guy that, that only works on the upper body and then they go out in a pair of shorts? It's sad. It's like, it's like the big muscly guy that walks the chihuahua, you know? It's like, come on, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> You're lacking something there. But uh, anyway, let's leave him alone. So we want to talk about formation and, and, and the role weakness plays in our life. Because the reality is God doesn't necessarily focus on our strengths, but, but He focuses on our weaknesses. God's not going to start formation in our life. It is, in our life, He's not going to start working on our strong points. He's going to start want to work on our weaker points. And so we need to be looking in our life and realising that there are some weaknesses in us whether it be in our emotional intelligence, our emotional agility, 
how we interact and deal with our emotions. Uh, maybe it is um, sin or temptation in our life that's a weakness. Or it could be our health or our faith, or it could be a fear. It could be a number of things in our life that are weaknesses in our life. And often what we do with weaknesses is we, we, we don't know what to do with them. We don't know how to get out of that situation. We don't know how to make that change in our life. Uh, but I want to tell you that that's the very spot where God wants to start working. He wants to work in that spot that you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get out of it. For some of us, it might be something secret that we haven't told anybody and we're completely just overwhelmed, not knowing how to get free from it. But I want to tell you that every weakness is an opportunity to grow, right? Every single weakness in our life is, is an opportunity for God to bring growth into our life. You know, I was sitting with one of the pastors in our city just the other day. I meet with him for prayer once a, once a fortnight or once a month and we meet up for breakfast once a fortnight. So it's twice a month we end up catching up. And uh, she was sharing that uh, the word God gave for her last year was, um, was he said to her, you, she felt God say to her, you don't need to be strong. Which she felt like was weird because, you know, it's all about being strong, right? It's all about being strong. We've got to show strength in life. And, and she felt like God say to her, no, no, actually my power is made perfect in weakness, so, so if you're in your own strength, my power's not necessarily working because, because my power's perf perfect, the perfection of my power is in a person's weakness, not in their strength. That, that God shows His greatest feats, God shows His greatest work in our moments of our greatest weakness. And, and so weakness has a role to play in our formation. If we but we have to deal with it in the right way and we have to work with it in the right way. It's about directing it to Christ and allowing Jesus to come in. It's God's strength that we're looking for. So we are not meant to make excuses for our weaknesses. But we're meant to bring them before Jesus. Formation starts at the crossroads between our weaknesses and God's, God's strength. When we realise that we are dependent upon Him, we just sang a song, Oh God, oh God, I need you which is a song of dependence, a song of surrender, a song of God, I need you so much, nothing else in life will satisfy. I, I, or God, I'm in a situation I don't know how to get out of. I need you, you're the only answer. That's that point of surrender, that point of laying it all down to Jesus. So when it, when it comes to this idea of formation and weakness, there's two things that must take place. The first is confrontation. And the second is consecration. So what do I mean by that? I'll let you know in a minute. But in Joel 3.10, it says, let the weak say or the weakling say that I am strong. What a great verse. That let the weak say, those who are weaklings, let them say that I am strong. Why? Because they have something that people may not understand, but something great is within them that gives them strength. So weakness is that opportunity to grow. Let's just throw the next picture up, Seek, if you can. So this is a barrel. It's a fat barrel. It didn't look like that on my phone. But anyway, do you understand that you can only grow to the point of your lowest pail? Right? If, if, that, if, that, pail, if that bucket was you, right, the only, you can only grow to the lowest point of the pail in your life. You can only grow to your lowest weakness. Your greatest weakness will be your limitation in growing. 
And this is why God does not necessarily start at the top in the pales of your life that are strong and full, but He wants to work at the lowest points of our life so that He can bring up the, the growth in our world. And so God wants us to grow as believers. He wants us to be in our lives to be transformed. He wants the formation of Christ for us to become more and more and more like Jesus every single day. And we, we have to be willing to pull our head out of the sand sometimes and look to the weak points of our life because it's those very weak points that are robbing us of receiving the fullness of God in our life. So the first thing I want to talk about is confrontation. We must learn to confront our weaknesses in life. We must learn to look within and look at the things of our life, the weak points of our life, whether it be a fear, whether it be an addiction, whether it be a temptation, whether it be our ability to process emotional information in our life, whatever it may be, a sin, it could be anything. It could be our health. I've met Christians that get sick and then they can't say the sickness word that they've got. So, so they go, well, well, I can't tell people I've got cancer. It's the C word. I'm like, what are you doing that for? Because I can't say the word because I'll come into alignment. No, you won't. Just saying a word doesn't bring you into alignment and agreement with it, right? It's a recognition of the fact that this is what's going on in your body and it needs to be healed. And God won't, God, it's pretty hard for God to heal something you won't acknowledge and admit is there, right? Because God's going, well, how can I heal you when you don't even think you've got that problem? So, so I've met people like that. They will not share that they're going through sickness with anybody. They will not talk about it. They will not speak the word. They will not, they will not say anything because they, they, they're fearful of coming into alignment with something that they lack understanding on in the Scriptures. Because just by saying something doesn't necessarily mean you're coming into alignment with it. So... So it could be a sickness, it could be any number of things. Fear is another one we like to put our head in the sand with, right? Just ignore it, it's scary. The fear of being rejected, the fear of being abused, the fear of standing out, the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of disappointment, the fear, there's so many fears in this world that we can be so overwhelmed with and want to run away from. But we must confront, we must acknowledge and to some degree accept that that is actually happening in our life. If it's an addiction, we have to acknowledge and accept the fact that I have an addiction to alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. If it's pornography, I have to accept the fact that pornography is an issue before I'm going to get freedom from it and have that part of my life grow. If it could be any number of things. A lot of people, their emotional intelligence is very, very, very low. And their agility in their emotions to be able to move and, and handle those emotions as they come is very, very, very low. That's why anger and things like that come out of people because they don't know what to do with the emotions they're feeling so they lash them out at people because, because that's the only way to know how to deal with them. I haven't even read any scripture yet. I, was, I should read some scripture. What do you reckon? Might be good. I'm not reading from the Women's Day here. Let's say, uh, where are we going to start? Let's go from 2 Corinthians 12. And this is the story of Paul. He's describing a situation in his life that he's got on, that he's had a conversation with God about. 
And it says, let's go from verse 7. He's, he's talked about these revelations and things that he's seen that, you know, you couldn't express and, 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 and we're not permitted to tell. And he, was talk, he talks about, I'll boast about a man like that, but not about myself. And he's talking about all this stuff. And he goes, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. What that thorn was, nobody really knows. There's lots of speculation, but nobody really knows what it is. And really, I don't think it's really that important what the thorn was. I think what the point Paul's trying to make here is that he had a thorn in his side and he asked the Lord and pleaded with the Lord, Lord, would you take it away from me, he said. It would torment him. It says it was a messenger of Satan and it tormented me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away, take this away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on to say, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult and in hardships and persecution and in difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Here we see Paul confronting a weakness in his life. He seemed somewhat powerless to do anything about it other than bring it to God. God at that point had not taken it from him, but, but for some whatever reason, the, God used this thorn in Paul's life to keep him level-headed and, and, and not to be conceited. But, but yet here we are, Paul saying, you know what, even though I have this weakness in my life, even though it's there, I will rejoice anyway, because it's in that weakness that I discover God's greatest strength for me. In that weakness, I discovered that God's strength works perfectly through me and sustains me and helps me in my deepest, darkest moments when I don't know what else to do. So, so weakness, and, and Paul's even talking about weakness as if it's some kind of blessing. And he doesn't call it a blessing, but it's like some kind, he's not, he's not desperately trying to disengage from it. You know, so I was talking to someone recently and we were talking about this and and I was telling them about what I've been through with depression and all that kind of stuff. And, and I said to them, I said, you know, the interesting thing is when you go through stuff and anyone has gone through any kind of particular difficulty in their life, come out the other side, you know, so we'll often say the same thing that, yeah, it was horrible going through it and I didn't understand it, but I'm thankful for it. And we often can go, how can you be thankful for something that was like a weakness and something that, you know, was trying to destroy you, trying to really destroy your life? How can you be thankful for that? And it's like, well, because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I said to him, I said, the reality was, actually, it was at a group of a pastors meeting in Penrith. There was like 80 odd pastors in the room and we're just chatting, different guys. That's where it was last week. And I said, if I didn't go through all that horrible situation, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I actually quite like who I am today. I kind of like this version of Dave. He's a lot better than the old version of Dave. You wouldn't have liked the old version of Dave. Thank God for Jesus. So although I hated the experience and it was a big weakness in my life, and even today it's still something that rears its head occasionally, I am thankful for that weakness. 
It kind of is like a gift from wherever it came from. I don't believe it came from God, but he definitely used it to bring transformation. And I find myself now being more empathetic, more loving, more caring, a better pastor, hopefully. And, you know, just better, generally better person in life because of what I've gone through. And I don't know how many people I've spoken to have gone through varying degrees of different stuff. And they've come out the other side. And yes, it was horrible. But they wouldn't change a thing. Do you ever have those people say that? You know, yeah, I hated it, but actually I wouldn't change a thing about my past. Sometimes we can think, why not? That was so horrific and horrible. But the reality is what we go through shapes us. We grow through our weaknesses. We grow. And it's important to, to then confront those weaknesses. In John 4.1, it talks about the woman at the well. This is where Jesus confronts this lady, right? And her weakness is confronted. She has some stuff going on in her world. She, um, multiple men that weren't her husband. She had a lust problem in her life, which probably stemmed from a self-esteem issue or how she was treated by other, I don't know, but it's come from somewhere. But yet here she is with a weakness in her life that was blocking her future. She was an outcast because of that situation. Nobody wanted to get to know her. She was gaining, getting water from the well in the middle of the day. Why? When nobody else would go. Why? Because that was the only time she was allowed to go. She didn't choose to go at that time. Everybody forced her to go at that time because nobody liked her. So they ostracised her and forced her out of community. And, and her life was, was less than. There was a massive weakness in her life when it came to men. There was a massive weakness in her life in her own self-esteem to think that she needed those men to make her feel something that maybe she didn't get from her, her father maybe. I don't know, but the reality was that here's this woman, she encounters Jesus and Jesus, she's, her, her weakness is confronted. I love it because, because you know, People may think, well, you know, like she's a bad person and Jesus would, you know, really cane her for that. That's so wrong. But like, no, Jesus loves on her, right? And he leads her into relationship with himself. So much so that her life is transformed that she goes back into the city, tells everybody about this man that said everything about her. In the, in the Message Bible, she tells them, this man knows me inside and out, is the word she uses, Come and see, she says. Come and see this man. And people come out and people are getting saved and transformed and, 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 and everything. So here we have this woman that had a weakness that got confronted and brought before Jesus, which then transformed her life. And it was because of that very weakness that she was able to go and reach a city for Christ, that she was able to lead people into relationship with Jesus. So, so we see this confrontation taking place. One of the greatest prayers in the Bible is in Psalms 139. Can you bring that up? Search me, God. These are the words of David. And know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Every one of us needs to learn to pray like this. Lord, search me. Often we can go, Lord, search that person because they're not good people. But you know what? The most powerful prayer we can pray in life is, Lord, search my heart. 
confront the weaknesses inside of me. Could lead me out of those places, help me to grow. The inward reflection on our own life. So many people who lack the ability to internally reflect upon themselves and confront the weaknesses in their life that need to be confronted. We want to put our head in the sand and ignore the situations that are going on around us, that are going on in our world, hoping that if we leave them long enough, they will change. But that is seldom the way things work in life. This confrontation is what Paul is doing in this scripture. He's, he's confronting something in his life, bringing it before Jesus, saying, this is, this is a weakness in my life. He brings it before Jesus and, and the outcome is that Jesus' grace is sufficient. So you may go, I don't know how to get through this, but you don't have to use your own strength to get through what you're going through because his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me because his power is made perfect in weakness. So the weaker I am, the stronger he is in my life. When I don't have the strength to deal with the situation, I can bring that to him and receive his strength. I can lean into Christ, into Jesus, and know that all things will work out for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Now the issue there is, Sometimes our good doesn't align with God's good. What we think is good and how things should happen, not necessarily how it happens, right? Sometimes we go, no, 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 God, that's not what I wanted. And God goes, yes, I know, because this is what you need, not what you want. Sometimes you need what you need, not what you want. And that can sometimes be God's goodness in your life. So the first thing is confrontation, acknowledging, accepting there's a weakness, allowing God to come into that situation, to search your heart, to help you. The second thing is consecration. Consecration is to be set apart. It's to take a weakness, set it apart before God, put it at his feet, bring it to him, surrender it to him. I've confronted it. Lord, I acknowledge that this is a situation in my life. This is a weakness. But now I bring it before you and I give it to you, Lord. You do what only you can do in this situation. I, it is out of my control. It's out of my ability and my strength to change it. So God, I need you to come in and transform it. I need you to change this situation. You know, there was a man in Mark 9 uh, verse 40, uh, 24, and he had a son that was demon-possessed, it says. And he comes to the disciples to get the demon cast out, but nothing happened. They couldn't do it. So then he comes to Jesus. He said, I brought my son to your disciples, but they couldn't do it. And he, he explains to Jesus what's going on, that, you know, sometimes this demon throws my son in the fire and all this stuff kind of happens, trying to kill him. He can't speak. There's all this stuff going on in this kid's life. Why don't I turn there? Let me turn there. Where am I going to Mark 9? 
So the story goes on. Let's read some scripture. It says, so they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. And he fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus said to the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said, if I can, if you can, Jesus said, everything's possible for him who believes. Immediately the the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome unbelief. It sounds like a little bit of an oxymoron or whatever you want to call it, it, that, that there is faith in this man and unbelief in this man occupying the same space. That, he, that, that, that he, he believed enough to come to Jesus, but there was still somewhat a doubt inside of him that maybe this isn't gonna work because it didn't work before, I don't know. And, 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 and probably some of the, probably there's been no greater statement penned or written or said or spoken than these very words because they can so easily sum up our life as a believer. I believe, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. It sounds weird, but yet that seems to be the the battle on the inside of us with a lot of what we go through. Well, I do believe, Lord, you can do it, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if it's gonna happen. I've heard other people say it can happen and I believe it happened for them, but what about me? Is it gonna happen for me? I'm not sure, I don't know, Lord, maybe I'll just give up. Maybe I'm meant to live with this situation. Maybe it's meant to control me. Maybe I'm meant to, Lord, I believe, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So what was the man doing? He come before Jesus. He confronted the situation in his own heart. The weakness was unbelief. It was a lack of faith. But yet he had faith at the same time, but he could recognise in himself. Why? Because he knew himself. He, he, he had searched his own heart and realised there's something in me that's not quite believing that Jesus can do this. So he's got that grapple going on on the inside of him. He confronted it, but then he brought it to Jesus and he consecrated it. God, I come to you. I believe, help me with my unbelief. If you can do anything, Jesus says, anything's possible for him who believes. Anything at all is possible for him who believes. See, when we take a situation that we're powerless to change and we bring it before Jesus and allow him to have his way with it, anything's possible. The Bible says nothing's impossible for God. That if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and it will be done for you. And of course we know that the pivotal word in that scripture is if. Because the if is not up to God, it's up to us. We decide the if. If we will believe. If we will trust God. And Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
before his crucifixion. It says that he was deeply distressed and troubled. He said himself, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's talking to his disciples. He says to him, stay here and keep watch. And he says, going a little farther or further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. What a horrendous moment in his life, right? The realisation that the cross is just over the, the hill, just, just there. He knew what was going to happen. And yet we see this humanity rise up in Jesus. We see the human part of Jesus here. Come to the Father and say, basically say, do I really have to go through this? Is there not another way? Are you sure, God, that this is the only way to fix the problem with humanity? That I have to die on a cross? Surely there's another way. We see humanity come up out of Jesus here. And you know, the sad thing for me to see over the years is humanity be preached, being preached out of the Christian experience and Christian life. That it's all been about faith, 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 build, 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 whatever. And, and often we, we don't address the human part of us, the soul, the part that needs to be formed to become strong in Christ. And here we see humanity, the humanity of Jesus taking a moment where he says to his father, do you think we could do it another way? Isn't that interesting? Even Jesus had weakness in his life. He questioned the thought. It didn't mean he didn't go through with it. Of course, we know he went through with it. He said, in the end, he says, well, actually, your will be done, Father. Whatever it is, I'll accept it. But yet there was something in him that thought maybe we could do different. We could do it different. So here we see this weakness being confronted. Not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus made a conscious decision to consecrate the weakness and give it to God and allow God's will to come un to unfold in his life, which I find exceptionally powerful because we're faced with the same situations in our life, maybe not the same thing, but the same thought when we are confronted with weakness in our life. Lord, is there not another way do I really have to go through this? Why me? What have I done wrong? Why do I deserve this? Why do I have to walk this pathway? Lord, it feels so lonely. It feels so out of control. But yet here we are. And the very fact that you're bringing it to Jesus is the very thing that's going to help you get through it.
because he's the only one that has the strength to get us through those difficult weaknesses of our life. So weakness is a part of life. It always will be. It always has been. It never will change because we are human. We are not perfect. We are flesh and blood. We have an expiry date on our life, just like a carton of milk. Thankfully and hopefully it's a little bit longer than a carton of milk or a loaf of bread. But the reality is that's what life is and we are living this life. And, and, and the only way life becomes meaningful and purpose-driven and, 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 and then we're able to get through these things is because we have Him. It's so important that you have a strong, healthy, vibrant relationship with Jesus. Absolutely imperative. Because I can tell you now, life might be good right now. Things might be great. But that will not last because it never does. We will always be facing something at some point in life. And, you know, the reality is that's life. Enjoy the good times. Trust God through the difficult ones. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.